Hello, I'm Joey Warner, and welcome to the Batter's Box. This is my second podcast show on WNSB Now. Last week, we had the Mobile Baseball Honor Roll, and that was a solo deal with me. So this week, I have a co-host, Mr. Ricky Patterson. I think everybody that knows anything about baseball knows Ricky, and he's going to join me tonight. We're going to talk some high school baseball, some collegiate baseball, a little pro baseball, and we're going to talk to Tony Combs of the South Alabama Umpires Association. If anybody's been watching the news this week, they found that that uh, uh, Simone Eli and Peter Albrecht and and uh, Byron Day and all of them have been covering this controversy between the South Alabama Baseball Umpire Association and the Alabama Athletic Association out of Montgomery. It's, it's, it's been a mess, so uh, we'll talk to Tony in just a little bit. But um, right now I'm going to uh, uh, introduce you all to Ricky Patterson. Uh, Ricky is a, a former Viger High School star. He played at Faulkner State Junior College, played at South Alabama, went on to play in the New York Mets organization. He came back and uh, coached collegiately, ended up coaching underneath Eddie Stanky, the famous Eddie Stanky, and Coach Jim Crawford. And then he went on to the pro level and managed with the Chicago White Sox organization and the Chicago Cubs organization and so many other things. We'll talk about that as we get into it. But, Ricky, uh, when we talk to Tony, we, we want to try to find out some nuts and bolts of what's going on in this, this umpire thing. Now, there were some, some, some baseball games on the high school level played this, this past week when it was supposed to open up, but – Two different organizations umpired. And uh, what's your take on it, Ricky? Well, I've, I've been very disappointed. You know, I have a grandson that's playing uh, middle school at, at Sims, and they missed the first game, and I was ready to go, and then they canceled, you know, they canceled because it didn't have umpires. And that's when I started trying to do some uh, investigating and find out, you know, what exactly's happened. And it was over a race that, from what I understand, it was over a race uh, that. The county okayed, or the city and the county okayed, and they wanted uh, for $10, and then they wanted $15 in travel. And I thought that was unbelievable that it's that's a little of nothing from what these officials, you know, go through. I, you know, I, I refereed high school baseball in the city and college for 20 years. And, you know, it, and I actually did some umpiring, and also uh, some football. And I just started putting the numbers together, $15. Just think if it was a couple of months ago when gasoline was $5 a gallon, they wouldn't be able to buy, you know, three gallons of gas. And there's, there's no way that an umpire can drive from Mobile County to Centronale or either Foley or Gulf Shores where these officials have to go. I mean, that's a, to be honest with you, they should probably, you know, make more than that. But I was very disappointed in uh, what happened and what I'm hearing now. I just can't believe some of the stuff. I mean, there's a lot of rumors flying out, and there's a lot of uh, – the rumors, are a lot of them are true. They're not really rumors anymore. And it's very, it's very upsetting for me that when you have, you know, people that's in a pretty good situation and – represent us in Mobile County. Who represents us in Mobile County? That's my big concern because I remember I refereed 
with Jesse and basketball and stuff, and he, he Bill Jesse, and he represented us in our area down here at the state. I'd like to know, you know, who represented us, and I want I'd like to know uh, the time frame of this. When was when was it okayed? When was it sent to Montgomery? And uh, when they got it back, I think that's very important. If they wait. Uh, from what the rumors that I've heard, and I'm, I don't know this for a fact, and maybe Tony can help us on this, but I heard that the letter was sent a month ago, and there was somebody that represented our area that said that we don't need to uh, vote on that to next month. Well, next month, did they wait up until the day before they're supposed to start and tell them that they couldn't do it? If that's so, that the guy that's over Alabama should be fired. That should have never happened to these kids in Mobile County. They've been practicing for two weeks, and then they're all excited about going and playing. They can't play because they don't have umpires. I mean, that is unbelievable. They should have, they, they should have been able to work something out with these umpires. And then they, and then they heard that they split up, you know, to you know, try to push one of the teams to take it. The amount of money that they were making is unbelievable. I know basketball officials, and let's, let's keep this real simple. Basketball officials today, I done f- followed up on this. They make $75 a game. So if they call two varsity games, that's $150. And I'm sure that the football officials are making that. They're making at least $75. You might have five out there, but they're probably making at least $75. So you, the amount of money is and, – and they're playing on the clock, Jimmy. You think about it. They play on the clock, okay? Yeah, you're true. You're right, exactly, Rick. I'm an umpire in this organization. I chose not to call this season because I'm going to be managing my my grandson's t-ball team. But I attended three meetings, and I was under the impression that we had the raise. And I was telling people when I left that I'm losing money by not umpiring. And as, as things went, the uh, the meetings I heard started getting really dramatic and and I got to admit that the South Alabama Baseball Umpires Association has stuck together with this but I'm with you about how the other organization formed so quickly and the rug was pulled out from underneath the high schools and and the players and the parents and if you go on social me- media there is a lot of questions that were unanswered and then then there was an agreement made over the weekend, but a lot of games were canceled in Baldwin County and Mobile County. One day was because of weather, but, but some games played and some didn't. But, but anyway, uh, umpires were gathered around to, to make these uh, games this weekend, and it ended up being a good thing. But, but uh, I'd like to know what, what took Montgomery so long to, uh, to make these decisions myself. And, We'll get with Tony on it and see see what Tony has to say uh, here in just a little bit. Yeah, I called you Jimmy. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was reading an article of, of Jimmy Wigfield, and I had Jimmy on my mind. Oh, my gosh. Hey, that's a good thing. Jimmy, if you if you listen to this podcast, and I hope you do, and I hope everybody else does, because we're, 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 we're moving into a different uh, mode now with, with guests and phone calls and uh, that's I take that as a compliment, and you know I brought you that 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 Citronelle call, and that's an unbelievable story he did on a, a, a famous football coach. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spill that because people need to get out and buy this newspaper. But but anyway, uh, 
we're gonna uh, we're gonna be right back after we get Tony on the line. Okay, that's good. Hey, Joey. Hey, Tony. Uh, uh, this is Joey Warner. Uh, I'm glad you were able to come on with me. Is everything going good down in Mardi Gras? Everything's going pretty smooth, Joey. Can't complain. Well, man, uh, <laughs> you the man. You you know you make the right call on the field, and you know you're making the right call tonight. <laughs> well, 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 you know. I try, buddy. I try. You do a great job, man. Uh, I I know that you never expected all the publicity on TV, publicity on the news that you've gotten, and as a as a uh, president of the South Alabama Umpires Association and representing all of us umpires this past week. Uh, and uh, uh, it's just a lot has happened, and uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad that the news has covered it. Simone Eli's done a great job, Peter Albrecht, Byron Day. But anyway, uh, I just want to tell you, I got a guest in the, in, in the studio tonight with me, uh, Ricky Patterson. And, uh, How about that? Isn't that cool? And, you know, uh, yeah, that is cool. You know, but, uh, I'll, you know, just uh, Tony, kind of brief me on what's happened and where the association is. And then, you know, I'm going okay. to hand off to Ricky, and, and you and him can talk for a few minutes, and, and we'll, we'll see what's going okay. on. Okay. Uh, we were not striking at all. We were holding out. They had a District 1 meeting at UMS last week, and we were holding out, hoping that we would get our raise. And, by the way, this raise was not proposed by us uh, back during August and September. The AHSA office uh got the baseball committee together, which there's eight baseball coaches across the state, to come up with a recommendation for umpire pay. And they did $10 a game raise plus $15 travel, which we've never gotten travel in the last three or four years. So they came up with this raise, and we were hoping it would come about, but uh, come to find out it didn't. And uh, so we had already sent out our contracts, and we changed the contract back to the $80 game fee. And uh, Mobile County Public School System rejected it. And the Baldwin County School System rejected it. So we took up, we had contracts with all the private schools in Mobile and Baldwin County. And we had Gulf Shores, Saraland, Satsuma City Schools. We had all those under contract. So then another group was formed. And uh, it was not a very well-run or very organized. They could not cover anything that they had, Mobile, Baldwin County. They had about nine umpires at their first meeting. Somebody was misled along the way from Mobile and Baldwin County Public Schools. So they called us back and uh, wanted to get our contract back, so we sent them to Baldwin County. They signed the contract immediately. Now we have all the Baldwin County Public Schools back under contract. We have sent the Mobile County Public School System contract. We have not gotten it back, haven't heard. But, Joey, we have been covering the Mobile County Public Schools just to help the coaches and the kids out that are playing, and we don't have a contract with them. Uh, our guys may not get paid because of it for a while. And uh, so that's that's kind of where we stand. Everything is back to normal, just waiting on the Mobile County school system to uh, approve the contract. If they are, we don't know that they will. And uh, that's where we're at. We're back to umpiring. Uh, everybody's happy, and uh, that's the way we want it. 
Well, Tony, you know, I'm uh, I'm still a member of y'all. I'm just kind of uh, sitting on the bench right now, but I'm with you all the way, and and I, I respect all the, the the umpires that have stuck together and 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 you know went down the line with this thing and, and waited out, you know. And uh, but um, I want to ask you, uh, the other organization that was formed, are they still active? Are they still calling, or, or is it kind of a merge? What's happening here? Well. Well, we're not we're not really sure. We heard this morning that they were trying to get back in business, and I thought that they were disbanded. But they, were, I heard, and I'm not. See, I don't have any facts. We never hear anything from anybody as far as the school systems or the AHSA office. But I heard they are back in business. They have 15 umpires, and I don't know if they're going to be a viable organization or not. You know, with just 15 people. Uh, it would be hard to cover the amount of baseball games we have. You know, on a given day, on a given Friday, we had 31 baseball games to cover. And Saturday we had like 35 baseball games to cover. So I don't know what their intentions are or what they're going to be about. I don't know uh, what the Mobile County Public School System is going to do. They may, they may allow them to take some of our contracts. I don't know. Uh, who represents – Tony, the uh, Mobile County uh, Public Schools and Athletics? Well, Brad Lowell is the athletic director for all the Mobile County Public School System, but and we sent him the contract. We have to go through him, and then he takes it to the board the uh, of the Mobile County Public School System board, and then they vote on it, and they own, the trouble is, Ricky, they only meet once a month. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that yeah. you know, I had a couple of questions for you, you know, because okay. I've done a lot of investigating too, trying to find a lot of things that was going on, and and I, my big thing is because you know I refereed basketball when you were coaching, and I refereed right. basketball in the city for over twenty years, and college, and uh, you know, did some football, did some baseball, and I, I'm for you guys a hundred percent. I mean, I've talked to a lot of the parents, and they are, you know, they're really, really frustrated, and really they're mad. They're not mad at, at you guys because that $10 raise is, is hardly nothing. And then you got your yeah. $15 travel. I mean, just you think about a few months ago when gasoline was $5 a gallon, you'd only be buying three yeah. gallons. And how in the world can you go to Central Nail on three gallons of gas? That'll never happen. Exactly. But our great, yeah. our great yeah. president, you know, he lowered it down. We're down to three dollars a gallon now, so you can buy at least five gallons for fifteen dollars. Yeah. Did you get? Did Mobile County okay the the contracts that y'all sent them the first time? Or now they want you to redo the contracts? Are you gonna get your ten dollars no. in the in the raise? No, they, yeah, they. No, we're not, Ricky. We, they they rejected. See, we sent our contracts out real early that it had the ten dollar raise on them. Right. And the $15 travel. So they rejected that. Okay, so after the meeting Monday night at UMS, uh, the first thing we knew Tuesday morning that Mobile County had uh, decided to go with this other organization. And we were in conversations with Brad, and we said, Brad, we will uh, go back to the regular contract, and we'll send you one. And uh, we did, and they didn't accept it. So then games started getting canceled. On A season opened on Thursday, Ricky, and a bunch of games were canceled on the public school side. None of our games that we had under contract were canceled. We had plenty of umpires 
And then there were a few games canceled on Friday that this other organization could not cover. Right. Okay. And then that's that's when Baldwin County came back to us and said, uh, please, we've, we've got to play baseball games. We sent us a contract. And we did that with the $80, which is last year's contract, and they gladly accepted it and signed it. We presented it to Mobile, and it's – under consideration, I guess it is by Mobile whether they're going to accept it or not. Who, who represents uh, Mobile County now at the state? You know, uh, uh, Bill Jesse. You know, used to rep- represent us down here in the in the Lower South here in Mobile. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure, Ricky, who their their guy down here is. You know, we have a district director. All sports have district directors. So and but he's not involved in anything as far as contracts and all that takes place. So you you basically y'all presented this in Montgomery uh, uh, a month ago or was it back in August? Oh, we we started meeting with them back in August, and we I've, I've been up there. See, this all started with some people up in the north part of the state, and there are 24 baseball associations in the state of Alabama. So he got all the presidents together and said, we need to go to Montgomery as a group and see if we can't get a raise. This year, this season, because we're losing umpires. That's the whole purpose of it, Ricky, was we've got to be able to retain, you know, umpires that we have and recruit new ones. Everybody in the country is short of umpires and officials, period. And we thought, good faith, hey, if we give everybody a little raise, we might be able to keep some of our veterans and recruit some new guys. Absolutely. And uh, that's the way it was all over the state. And the whole state was willing to stick by it, and then uh, two weeks before the season started, the other groups around the state started buckling under and and not willing to stand strong. And the first thing you know, uh, we were the bad guys down here in Mobile. But but people don't realize it. I wish we could find a poll somehow of how many games were canceled around the state because a lot of organizations said their veterans were not going on the field for $80 any longer. Well, I've also heard that some of the junior college umpires, you know, they was going to try to pick up some of the uh, junior college umpires, and they've already told them you don't do it. That you, you yeah. know, they can't yeah. they can't afford to, to lose their player. I mean, their umpires. And, you know, it's kind right. of – it's it's very simple. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you and, and what's going on, and I'll back you 100%. Now, if I got to go see somebody in downtown Mobile, I'd be glad to. And I, I'd love to get yeah. I'd love to get in their ear and tell them, you know, you, you got a basketball official. I know basketball officials today, they make seventy five dollars yeah. a game, and some of them call two yeah. two varsity games. That's one hundred fifty dollars a night. And one thing, it's yeah. on it's on a clock, so you know about yeah. how how long it's going to take. <laughs> Baseball's yeah. not on a clock, and if you've got a lot yeah. of walks, that game's going to you don't have a time limit. So it's going to take yeah. you a lot longer to call the game. So basically, your, your official, the umpires are losing money. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. If we're going to if we're going to have sports, then we ought to be balanced and be equal. I don't care if you know your football yeah. if you're a football coach, and I guarantee you that crap wouldn't have happened. I guarantee you, oh, if it yeah. had been football, that wouldn't have happened. They would have made that decision. They waited to the last minute to try to put pressure on people. When my other question yeah. was, what day did you guys know that y'all wasn't going to get the raise? Uh, Monday night. And when did y'all? When was the game supposed to start? 
Thursday. So wow. And we and and yeah, and we uh we covered all of our games that we had under contract and the other association could not cover what they had. Good for they, you. The, the now, and I'll say this in, in Baldwin County and Mobile County public school systems, they were not really at fault. This other organization told them that they had 30 or 40 umpires, which they did not. Mis, they were uh, Mobile County and Baldwin County were misled big time. Uh, who, who was in charge of the other uh, association? Uh, one of our umpires kind of started it. His name is Johnny Thornton. Where does he work? I don't know. I don't know, Ricky. Okay, I was just curious where he worked. Cause you, yeah, I don't know. Did y'all have y'all's meetings out at UMS? No, that's where they had theirs. Oh, that's where they had theirs. Oh, okay. Yes, and they had nine people to show up. Yeah. Now, here's a, here's a real kicker. When we decide, when Mobile County decided to go with the uh, other group on Monday night or Tuesday morning, we were we've been meeting at Theodore High School for twenty something plus years for our group. We meet every Wednesday for our training and all that kind of stuff. And we were informed Wednesday afternoon about five o'clock that we could not meet at Theodore High School any longer. We could not be on any Mobile County public school system. Who, property in order to meet who who did that was that the, uh, was, i got an email from brad lowell and i don't know he got it from i guess one of his higher ups okay so we got on the phone and we had to call and and text guys and we met at taa ballpark out under the, the pavilion outside and we had 72 umpires show up for that outside meeting which is about a normal for us well we need to find out you know who in Mobile County Public Schools pass that information on? We that that yeah. all the parents in Mobile County they need to know what what's going on, and and yeah. I, I I'm trying to remember Brad Lowell. I mean, it sounds very familiar. Where did, where is he from? He played yeah, baseball so. at Theodore and real great play. And he he went to college somewhere. Ricky played ball. I can't remember where he was. He's an excellent baseball player. Was a good player. But uh, okay, so is you know, he he's out at Sims. He's out at Sims Middle School right now. Then who Brad? Yeah, is that Brad Lowell? That that uh? No, no, no. Brad works downtown. He's the athletic director. His office is downtown to school board or downtown. I say on their new wherever their offices are. Okay. Out on Schillinger's Road, I guess. Okay. I mean, I, I was just kind of curious. I was because I know there's a uh, a coach out there. I thought his name was Lowell, and yeah, I I, no, re- I remember Brad, Brad Lowell. AD. Okay, so yeah. he's a he's the AD in Mobile County now. Yes, he's a, for all the schools, for all public schools in Mobile County. Did did, did he have a vote? Did he get the vote oh, on whether know. to give the raise or not? I don't know how that. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Well, we, know you know what? I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm going to find out, Tony. For you, you ain't got to worry about it. I mean, I'm. You can tell I, I'm yeah. a little. I'm a little irritated about the whole situation <laughs> because I know these kids got. You know, they practice for two months and they're ready to go yeah. play. And then the Mobile County, if they if they pull that, because uh, I guess yeah. they did it because of uh, what went on in Montgomery. Yeah. 
somebody so, uh, in Montgomery voted against you know, it. There was a, some games canceled Thursday, a few games canceled Friday. This other organization couldn't cover. We covered a bunch of them Friday night for them, and we covered a bunch of them Saturday for them. So I don't think there was any canceled games Saturday at all. And I know there weren't any uncovered games today. And uh, a lot of teams played today also. So we, we picked up the slack. We're willing to work. We're ready to work. And, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just a, a situation that shouldn't have happened. We should have had a lot more dialogue. If somebody from the Mobile County school system had called and let's sit down and discuss this, probably could have all been worked out, you know? Yes, yes. Well, it was a slap in the face but, to, uh, to, to, to move you from Theodore High School where you've been meeting for so many years. That 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 was totally uncalled for, Tony. And uh, it was, you know, it was. But that's a good turnout, and, uh, a good turnout out at you know to to be able to move down the road. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I I thank you for coming on, uh, Tony. And we we got a little bit of information, you know, positive information from this. And and uh, yeah. you you know as well as I do, our our man right here. Ricky Patterson has a little bit of Eddie, Eddie Stanky in him, so 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 that uh, there's nothing wrong with that because uh, Eddie nope. Eddie Stanky was one of the greatest baseball men to ever come through this city, and uh, yes, Rick, he was. Rick, and, uh, Ricky Patterson, one of the toughest kids I've ever seen baseball. He, he and I went to Faulkner together over there, and he was playing baseball, and I was playing basketball over there. And I remember him. What a competitor, buddy! What a competitor! You know, great guy, great guy. Well, well look. You. What do you think? I try to get him out there to uh, to the organization next year. Hey, I, tell, I don't know y'all. Y'all you, right. you, you and you and Buck and Mark can uh, put him somewhere, and uh, you know. Yeah. But, but but anyway, and look, look, Lance. I know you got to go. My son played for Ricky at Bishop one year, and my son loves Ricky Patterson to this day. He always asks about you, Rick. Well, every time you. I talk to him. Yep. Well, Ricky was, told me that just a few minutes ago, Tony, and uh, TC yeah, yeah. TC Combs. TC love Ricky Patterson, buddy. I'm gonna tell you, he love Ricky Patterson. Well, I tell you again, Tony. We, we, we've been talking with Tony Combs with the South Alabama Baseball Umpires Association, uh, and he's given us the rundown of, of what's taking place and and the the, the news, uh, TV news. It got a lot, but Tony, you gave us a lot of inside stuff, and I'm sure it makes the whole organization feel a lot better when they hear this podcast on WNSP now it'll be be available tomorrow about noon so just punch in WNSP now and look for the batter's box by Joey Warner with his co-host Ricky Patterson thanks again Tony and you have a great night buddy thank you Joey thank you Rick see you down the road buddy thank you if I can help you let me know all right all right buddy okay we'll be covering you we'll be keeping up with this all right buddy bye-bye all right bye over the weekend, there was a, a bunch of baseball games played, a bunch of ball games canceled. But I, I want to mention some of the players that, that did well, and this is going to be a weekly thing because I, I, I cover high school baseball on my Facebook page, and, and I, I, I try real hard to, to, you know, to, to cover the records, the scores, the statistics because th- these, these players need this. You know, they work hard, you know, and, and they need – publicity because you know we don't have a newspaper we do have the call news and they do a great job but we we don't we don't have a a a lot of coverage for these baseball players but what i'm going to do each week is uh i'm going to take a couple of topics and uh number one is home runs and the number two is strikeouts and that's with uh p 
pictures. These are individual performances. And over the weekend, uh, from the information that I got, uh, I'm going to give you the, the, the players that, that hit home runs. And I'll do this each week. So that's an incentive to hit the ball out of the park, I guess. And, and, and with the pitchers, uh, if you get 10 strikeouts, we're going to put you on that list. So that's an incentive to throw it past the batter. Remember, this is the batter's box with Joey Warner on WNSP now. Uh, home runs this past week, Noah Blackburn of Mobile Christian homered, Braden Douglas, Cole Bolton, and Skylar Garrett, all of Robertsdale, went yard. Jake Stowers of St. Paul's hit a home run. Harrison Sparks from Fairhope blasted one out of the park. Jack Holly from Spanish Fort hit a home run. Stephen Kena and Cole Patrick hit home runs for McGill. Brady Coleman went yard for Satsuma. Olin Ward over at UMS hit a home run. And Evan Hilliard out at Saraland hit a home run. And there's several more out there that probably hit home runs. But I want to mention this, coaches or administrators on, on uh, Game Changer, please let me in. I mean, I scramble each week. I mean, I beg, borrow, and steal to try to get these statistics to write short articles and to put together, you know, composites of, uh, of these standings and records and what these kids are doing because they deserve it. Our 10 strikeout performances last week, uh, Junior Jansen Banishak from Satsuma, he is a rising star. He struck out 11 in five innings. Connor Gear, in another five-inning performance, struck out 12 for Gulf Shores. And Parker Lomax at Daphne struck out 10. And then we had another outstanding performance I want to I bring out. Kerry Simon of Baker had a complete game, seven-inning shutout, five-hitter, he struck out seven, walked one, and on 91 pitches. And, you know, if you follow that game changer, if you follow my Facebook page, Mobile Baseball Connection, you're going to find out that uh, we have some really good high school baseball in Mobile. And we had some great coaches. We got some great assistant coaches, have the best parents, and we got the best players. And we're going to move on to, uh, to collegiate sports, uh, uh, Bishop State split a doubleheader today, and they've had some tough times. They've had one and two run games uh, uh, starting out slow, but James Hattenstein's got them moving around, and they're going to be okay. He's got a bunch of local local uh, baseball players that are very supportive of, of our brand-new Mobile Mobsters group, and uh, we wish James all the luck over there. The South Alabama Jaguars, where this is where Ricky comes in, uh, where he spent a lot of time out there. Uh, it's a different game out there, but they, they've started out 3-1 and one. this past weekend. They won three or four games. Something very interesting, they beat Eastern Kentucky 26-6. to six. They lost to them 2 to nothing, But then again, they turned around and won 26-6. And the Jaguars drew 20 walks. And pretty, pretty much, uh, I don't know what has happened. And a lot of them were hit, hit batsmen. And, you know, uh, uh, Eddie Stanky, when he was in the big leagues, uh, he led the major leagues in, in walks three times. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I wish the, the Jaguars all the luck. But i tell you another uh, school, uh, University of Mobile, John Seymour's doing a great job out there. And uh, they won their first nine baseball games. And they split 
a four-game series this past weekend. But uh, Coach Seymour's got 30 local players, players from this area, and I think that's outstanding. Bishop State as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's good to see these local players staying home and, 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 and uh, furthering their, 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 their collegiate career. But there's, there's a few hot shots out there that uh, Ricky's going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, we have a guy named Trevor Andrews. He's, he's hit six home runs and drew, drove in 29 runs in, in just 11 games. And uh, Tucker Musgrove out of uh, Mary Montgomery is hitting 400, and, and he's, uh, he's got 16 hits. He's also got 11 stolen bases, and he's got three saves off the hill. Uh, Trevor Wells has hit five home runs and hitting 391, and Landon Moore is hitting 469 with nine stolen bases and 15 hits in, in those 11 games. And so I applaud all these three teams and, and uh, you know, just uh, the high school players keeping on these teams because, hey, you could play for them in the future. And, uh, Ricky, uh, we're going to pass it over to you. And you've been going out there and watching University of Mobile play a pretty good bit, haven't you? Yeah, I give some lessons out there to some younger kids. And I've been fortunate. I probably saw out of their nine games, I probably saw eight. And, uh, you know, it's, it gives me an opportunity to see some of the players. And, you know, I, I was out there before they started the season and just watching their work ethic and what Seymour, he does a super job. And I, and I got him off to the side one day, and, I, you know, we discussed a lot of things and what I saw. And, and, and he's very, very knowledgeable. I was really, really impressed. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the different things and what he does. And I sit and listen to him when he's working with the pitchers because it's right there by the hitting cage and while he's talking to the pitchers. And he's, he's, uh, he does a great job. I mean, I've, I was really impressed. And what he's teaching those kids is right. There's, and I don't have any second thoughts about, you know, his coaching ability, especially with the pitchers. And, you know, his, he's got his team playing very, very uh, – those kids are – like a team they 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 like each other they play with a lot of enthusiasm and they're they're fun to watch i mean it'd be good to go see a university of mobile play and you know there's a couple of kids and one of the kids that uh he's made himself a prospect i mean he is he's a prospect for me and that's the andrews kid i mean he's a big strong kid and i didn't really know how hard he threw off the mound he's 88 91 and, you know, that's, that is a plus for him. So that means he's got an above-average arm. And he's, he's a big, strong kid, and he's definitely got some power. I mean, as you can see. And I think there's a lot of scouts. You know, they come out there to see uh, Musgrove because he impressed them in a workout. And there was, I know there was 12 scouts in the stands and uh, watching him. And then when the, game was, when the games was over, they started asking about the Andrews kid. And, you know, the Wells kid is a big, strong kid, too. But, you know, they're, the Musgrove kid to me, Jimmy, I, I think, I mean, <laughs> Joey, I told you that, uh, you know, I've, I sat and watched that kid, and I'm very, very impressed with his ability. I mean, he loves the game, and, and he reminds me of a player when I was with the Mets, and I was the outfield base running coordinator, and, and I went in to watch uh, our, our low A team play. And we were playing the Astros organization, and a friend of mine that was with me with the uh, White Sox, Dewey Robinson, and he, we were sitting up there together, and he asked me about how, to, how did I like him. And that player was Hunter Pence, 
And, you know, I said, well, he's got a lot of movement at the plate. I said, but he is a, he's a good player. And Dewey said all he does is hit, and he plays hard. And he, he, every ball he hit, he ran out. It was 100%. He was the type of player that, you know, you love to watch. And, of course, you know, he goes in the big leagues and plays for a long period of time. And Jake Peavy just raves about him that he's a winner. And he loved playing with Hunter. And so I watched him play, and then I was sitting there watching the Musgrove kid, and I went, wow. He reminds me a lot of, of uh, Hunter Pence when uh, they when I saw Hunter in a in low A ball. You know, I, I, I my evaluation a lot of times, Jimmy goes on. You know, uh, players that I mean, <laughs> Joey, it is that Wickfield would be happy. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, you, uh, Jimmy, if you listen to this, you got a smile on your face, brother. <laughs> We're sorry, both JWs. Sorry now. about that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's it's it's really impressive that that watching him play. Yeah, he's got a lot of upside, and when you, and I and I can you know I compared him to some of the players that was in Mobile you know at that time, you know in college and he's he's better he's a better player at this time, you know than Lance Johnson, and Turner Ward, and a lot of those other kids that I saw at South Alabama that played in the outfield that played in the big leagues, I mean this kid has a, he has that kind of ability, and the. The one thing that makes him better is that he's 97 off the mound. Wow. So, you know, there's now the scouts, they don't really know what to do, uh, whether they write him up as a position player. Because, you know, as a freshman, that kid hit 10 home runs, hit 400 when he was a freshman. You know, and I think last year he had another 10 home runs. He hit so three he's in one got game power. last year. I remember that. At the beginning of the season, he hit three home runs in one game. Yeah, he he's got that kind of he's got that kind of ability. I mean, he's got power to the opposite field, and that's what really impresses me is that when you can hit the ball out to the opposite field, you're a prospect because that's what you know. You've got to be able to you know drive that ball to the opposite field because in the, in pro ball, you know they if they going they going to throw that ball away and see if you can drive it. And if you can drive it or you get a, a reputation that this guy, you know, he can hit the ball out the opposite field, they have to pitch him a little different. But but if you don't show him power, you know, to the opposite field, then they're going to keep it. They know they're not going to – you're not going to hurt them. And you know, that's, and Mike Jacobs' field out there, it's, it's deep. It's big. It's deep, 400 deep, dead center. Probably a lot of wind out there and stuff. You know, maybe wind coming in at times. But, but we're talking about Tucker Musgrove at a University of Mobile. And, Ricky, I remember uh, when we first started the Midtown Optimist Club Awards, the Player of the Week Awards, back in 2020 before the pandemic came in and shut everything down, we had our first – the first award ceremony where, where I was the head over it or whatever, the host, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Barry Hightower uh, brought Tucker out there, Tucker Musgrove, because he had won the – I think he was the Pitcher of the Week out of Mary Montgomery – and he showed up, and he had a bow tie on. And, uh, and uh, he had his picture made with Bernie Carbo. Bernie Carbo was our speaker that day. And he looked like just a small, small kind of frail, not frail, but just thin, lean-type baseball player. But you were telling me yesterday that uh, he's, he's grown into a man. Yeah, he's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, long arms, long legs, can really run. I mean, he's a 6'5", he's a 60 guy. With a seventy arm. Wow. I mean, and, it, and what you really look at it is, it, I watched him come in in relief. You know, probably three or four times. Well, and and got. I think he's got three saves he now. He does. 
and he's he's got a really really good arm. But the thing, the way he plays the game, you know, he plays the game real hard, and he has fun doing it. And he's he's got some he's got some things to work on. But you know, if you give him an average uh, center fielder, you know, give him a fifty, you know, he could be a sixty you know, outfielder. He just he's got a he's got to work you know a little more on his defense. And but other than that, I mean, he goes to the plate and he gives you a quality of bat. He reminds me so much of Hunter uh, that when he goes up there, Hunter Pence, he reminds me so much of him that every you know he don't swing at a lot of bad pitches, and he seems like every count is three three and two. I mean, they try to pitch around him, but you know because he's got a reputation, you know he's he's one of their better players you know, the last two years, and they got him leading off. So it's kind of hard to – I always thought it was hard to pitch around a guy like that, especially he can steal a base for you. So those guys hitting behind him, they're going to see some fastballs. And that's I think that's one of the reasons they're having such success right now. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, that's that's good stuff. And I'm pulling for the University of Mobile. Like I said, they're 11-2. and two. And everybody get out there and see all the three of these teams and, and even go over to Coastal South where Faulkner State used to be and watch them play. We're going to be talking about them a little bit too. But go on out and watch the Jaguars play, Mark Calvey's team and, and uh, 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 John Seymour's team out there at University of Mobile and James Hattenstein's Bishop State Wildcats. But, uh, uh, Ricky, I want to talk about some of our pros. Uh, and I want to highlight one of them. But I'm going to give a couple of names out there that uh, – that are in the minor leagues that, that, that we've been following for a few years. And that's uh, Blaine Krim out of, uh, out of St. Paul's, who left St. Paul's. And, and uh, when he made it to the professional ranks, he's climbing the ladder with the Rangers. I think he may be able to make it one day. Uh, Jeremiah Jackson's still in the groove out there uh, out of uh, St. Luke's. And uh, uh, Ethan Wilson and is has is, is, is got a, a – a chance to go, you know, to go real high, uh, possibly become a major leaguer. Travis Swaggerty, he, he's he's knocking on the door. Uh, you know, some of the the major leaguers, uh, Bubba Thompson's there to stay. I, I believe he's one of the fastest baseball players in in the big leagues. And Josh Donaldson's still up there. Josh needs uh, 34 home runs to to get to 300, uh, 266 home runs. He may get there, he may not, but he's a gamer. You know, I love to watch him play. Uh, but uh, uh, then of Brendan Donovan, uh, just an outstanding season last year. Played in six different positions. Was won a Gold Glove. Uh, was up for Rookie of the Year. But uh, and, and even Adam Frazier, which is uh, Tim Frazier's son, uh, uh, is is with the Orioles. He signed with the Orioles, and so he's he's uh, he's got some good things that can happen for him. But it all comes down to uh, Tanner Allen. And I know that you uh, that you came up brought brought up Tanner Allen so to speak, and, and uh, you know, he, he, he did wonders at Mississippi State. He was the SEC Player of the Year in 2021, the National Player of the Year in 2021, just all-world at Mississippi State and, and just a gamer. Let's talk about Tanner Allen for a few minutes. Well, yeah, <clears throat> I started watching uh, Tanner when we were up in Sarah Land, and <clears throat> he was working as a pitcher with my son-in-law, Larry Thomas, and – his dad walked by the cage, and he says, well, I'd like for you to take a look at my boy. I said, okay, yeah, get him here. I'll throw to him. I threw to him. I went, wow. I said, don't change. I said, you got a good swing. And, you know, he, he started uh, coming to me from then on when he was about, I guess, I think he was 11 years old. And it, it, Tanner, uh, he has got real quick back, quick hands. And, you know, he was, he's a handsy guy. 
And I remember I told Warren Hughes, his daddy wanted me to come out and watch him play, that he was bringing him up to the varsity. I think he was a ninth grader. And I told Warren Hughes, I went and watched the game, and I went, wow. Uh, he, he handled himself uh, like a senior. And you didn't, I didn't really expect that by him being a ninth grader to go up there and play on the varsity at night, play third base. And after the game, I called Warren. I said, Warren, I said, that, you, you better get on that guy. That guy's a, he's going to be a heck of a player. I said, this guy's going to be a pro guy. There's no doubt in my mind. I said, just and, and the thing is, just the way he handled himself. So Warren, I think, you know, he saw him play a few games later, and he called me back and said, you know what, you're right. He said, he's going to be a really good player. And, you know, then Tanner goes to um, Mississippi State. You know, he signed with LSU and made a verbal commitment to LSU, and then the guy at LSU uh, left and got the Mississippi State job, and that's how Tanner ended up at Mississippi State. That was the first guy when he got there, he went after him. And Cohen was still the baseball coach at that time, and he, he had watched Tanner, and he wanted him. But then when he got the athletic director's job and he hired that guy, I said, bring that guy with you. And so that's how Tanner got there. But, you know, Tanner, Tanner's going to be fine. You know, it is, it, it, when you get into pro balls and making those adjustments, and, you know, you've got to stay healthy. You know, he's had some, uh, some injury problems when he would, you know, he'd get hot and then he'd, you know, uh, tweak his hamstring or something. So, you know, they set him and then you, he's got to come back and, you know, getting used to that everyday playing is not it's not easy. It's a grind, and that's one thing, and and it, uh, that really helps him. That you know he's a he, he's a high energy guy, and that's you know I like high energy type players, and you know and Tanner, you know he's you know he's kind of struggled a little bit, but you know he'd get hot, and then they you know they wanted him to change a little bit, and I know Tanner was. Uh, wanting to uh, hit the ball out of the ballpark. And he wanted to show him how good a hitter he was. I mean, I knew his competitiveness. And I told him, I said, look, you know, pro ball is totally different. You know, you're, you're an individual. It's not a team sport what you're used to. See, when you have, you got team guys that uh, in, in, in pro ball, there's not a lot of, you know, team atmosphere. The manager is the key when you're in pro ball. You know, if he makes them be more of a team type, you know, players and stuff, and that you build it around a team. And I don't think Tanner was used to that, you know, where the, and I know he wasn't. It's not a think. I know it wasn't. He wasn't used to that. Uh, he's used to going out there and, you know, there'd be 15,000 people in the stands and, you know, you might go out there and be 500, you know, in pro ball and, and the adrenaline and stuff that takes over. But one thing that he was, he was, he's prepared for pro ball because the pitching in the SEC and what he's done in the SEC you know he's just got to trust himself, and he'll he's going to be fine. He's just he just sometimes I think that's what it really is. I don't know if it's hitting home runs. I think he really wanted to impress him. You know that hey look, you know this is what I did in college, and I think that's what happened. I think he he didn't stay on the ball long enough, and you know he'd be out, um, get out of the zone too quick, and which he, you know that that'll come that'll come with his patience and stuff, and the more pitching because there's nobody in the there's nobody up there that can throw the ball by him. And, they, you know, if you can't hit the fastball, you're not going to make it. And Tanner Allen can hit the fastball. You know, he's, he is a good professional hitter. He is a good hitter. I was able to go watch the Super Regional. I'm a big Notre Dame guy. And I was able to go see game three. And when Mississippi State beat Notre Dame to go to the World Series, you know. And, and I, Tanner, I believe, played in three World Series with Mississippi State. But, but – um, He's, uh, we're all pulling for him, and, and I know that you and him are close, and uh, I've got some baseball cards I need 
to get get you to get him to sign. Sure, I'll, I'll get him to sign. He <laughs> might he might charge you ten dollars. That was part of his nil. <laughs> you know, and I ordered them, man. I said, Nick, I'm ordering five of them. I did. Gave some of them away, but you know, how much money would he have made in uh, if he'd have had the what is it nil? Or it, it can't. He he almost missed out. I mean, yep. he, even getting that little card deal or whatever it was, it came in hard and heavy when he was when he was leaving. Yeah, he would have made a lot of money. You're listening to the Batter's Box with Joey Warner on WNSP Now. And my guest host tonight is Ricky Patterson. Ricky, we're going to have to do this a whole lot, brother. I'll be but glad. anyway, uh, Ricky, uh, we're going to open up the uh, – we're going to go back in time a little bit. Let's go back to – well, you grew up in Alabama Village over in Pritchard, and you've already told me that was a tough area. You went to Viger High School. You were a quarterback, baseball player, but you were also a quarterback. And you had a couple of really good football players that, that were um, not just a couple. Everybody was good back then. But you had a couple that were special, and one of them being Robert Brazil and the other one being Ricky Young. Talk about your high school days with those guys. Well, that was a lot of fun back then. I was a, uh, probably 5'10", weighed about 115 pounds in high school. And uh, Robert Brazil, a lot of people don't realize, Robert Brazil was weighed about 185 pounds in high school. And Ricky Young, you know, he was a tailback, or what we called them halfbacks back then. And uh, there was another player, but I, I never really played with him, was Donald Reese. You know, and Donald Reese, I'll mean, give you a little quick story about him. He, he would lay on the ground over there, and he'd be tired during practice, and then they said, okay, Donald. Said if you outrun, we had the fastest running back. So you outrun him in the fifty. There was no running today. He would blow him away. I mean, it was the doggonest thing you ever seen in your life. I mean, that guy was really gifted. And Don Reese played with the New Orleans Saints for quite a while. Yeah, he was. He was a good player. He just didn't have the the intensity and the fire as Robert Brazil. See, Robert, uh, they brought him up when we were tenth graders. I think he got some playing time when he was a sophomore on the varsity. And uh, Robert played uh, tight end, and we used to call him Iron Hands Brazil. I mean, I, of course, I didn't throw that well, but if, when I did get it to him, it was like it hit a frying pan out there. <laughs> and everybody called him. It wasn't only me, but some of the other guys that was quarterbacks and throwing the ball. And, but there's one thing I can I, – even to this day, you know, being only – there was only two quarterbacks, and it was me and Jimmy Day, and Jimmy Day was a safety on the defense – so I had to run the dummy team every day. And, uh, of course, they they wouldn't let them hit me. But uh, I was, you know, I could handle the ball pretty good. And I'd, I'd run bootlegs, and I could fake everybody off. And here come Robert. Robert Brazil would be looking right at me, and I'd just stop dead in my tracks. And everybody else would be going the other way, and Brazil would be looking me right in the eye. And he'd put that helmet right in my chest, and he'd pick me up, and he'd just lay me down. He never, he didn't really drive me down. He picked me up and laid me on the ground, and it was, it was amazing. That guy, and we all, we thought that he could smell the football. I mean, he was that gifted, you know. And it was, it's a shame that what happened to him in high school. He might have been playing at Alabama, but he's probably. There's no doubt in my mind that when he went to Jackson State, you know, he'd never kicked off in his life, and. Robert and I, I kicked when I was younger. They called me Barefoot Patterson when I was 10, 11 years old. We kicked for extra points, and back then none of the teams did that. And uh, But I kicked every day at practice. And so we went out there one day before the coaches got there, and I was, you know, kicking some field goals and stuff. And 
then uh, Robert was he was trying to kick field goals, but he was hit he'd kick it up underneath the bar, and uh, he put the ball out there on the forty yard line, kick it in the end zone, and the coaches walked out, and we were playing Murphy that week, and Murphy had a a, a running back that could fly, and but if he kicked in the end zone, you couldn't uh, run it out. So they said, well, they watched him kick, and then on we practiced kickoff and stuff. Bubba was a, um, he would he was kicking off during practice, and they said, okay, you're going to kick off this week against Murphy, and they told him says, look, now don't go down. This is a fact. Now they told him said, don't you go down there and try to make a tackle. You're not used to this running on the field, down the field like that. So you know, you just be the safety valve because Robert could run. I don't call him Robert. I call him Bubba, but it, it, he could run. So, sure enough, he kicks off in his competitiveness. He takes off down the field. And you see, you can see the film. The guy that he's run down the field, and they see Bubba coming at him, and he just dropped down on on the ground. And Bubba tried to jump him. And when he did, he tangled his feet up. And he come down, and and his arm, he had a forearm pad on, and his arm hit the ground, and a bone went out on, on the top and one on the bottom. He comes off the field. And, you know, all, all the players, you know, they was like, what in the world? And uh, after the defense, and we go in, the, and Bubba was sitting on the bench. A doctor grabbed him right when he came off and uh, grabbed it and wrapped it up in something. And uh, when he got it all wrapped up, Bubba reached over and grabbed his helmet. And, you know, he still wasn't upset. And then the doctor told him, said, where are you going? He says, I'm going to play. He said, no, you're not. You're going to the hospital. And when he told him that, that was when Bubba broke down. You know, it, it, he, he wanted to keep playing. And the rumor is there was a, a, about 10 or 15 scouts, SEC coaches and everything was there to see him. When he got hurt, they got up and left. Oh, wow. And they all wanted – Alabama and them wanted them to go to a junior college and uh, said, you know, make sure that you're healthy and everything, and then we'll bring you, you know, over here. And uh, Jackson State comes in and said, we want you. And Bubba, he you know he was really. They didn't even have Dion back then. No, no. But they did have who you're about oh, to talk yeah. about. Oh yeah. Well, he. Anyway, and they he goes well. I don't know. He was him hawing around and stuff. And he uh, he finally says, okay. Said, look, they was you know we give you a scholarship. And he said, you got any of your friends who want to come? You know. And he goes, yeah. I said, I'll come if you'll if you'll take Ricky Young. And we you know we were all real close that back then. And nobody was talking to Ricky. And he goes, okay. So we'll tell you, we'll give him a scholarship too. Well, that goes, long story short, it goes to Jackson State. There's only three freshmen to ever start at Jackson State. One was Robert Brazil. The other one was Ricky Young. And the other one was Walter Payton. Those were the three freshmen that started at Jackson State that year where Bubba went. And you know where all three of those guys, all three of those guys played in the NFL. Two of them are in the Hall of Fame. And, and Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Young was one of the best uh, receivers out of the backfield, you know, with the Vikings for many years. Well, see, that's what made it with Ricky. Ricky had he had he had big hands, but Jimmy, I'm telling you, we we called you know we'd run a sweep, and I promise you, the first guy that that when I that was, I was running a quarterback sweep, and Ricky Young, I got in behind him because I knew that first guy was going down. He was the best blocker that I've ever seen. I mean, he didn't miss a block. And all you had to do was follow him. He gets the first guy, and then, you know, you get a few more yards. But that, he, was, he was a great blocker and a, and a great hands. 
and we always we run little short passes out of the backfield, and Ricky catch it, and we called him Night Train. You know, he was he was a <laughs> he was a stud. Well, Ricky, you know they talk about bloodline, and I I love doing research on bloodline family families that that, that you know that put out brothers and fathers and cousins and and uh, nephews and stuff like that, uncles that, that played the game of baseball and climbed the ladder of success. And you had a lot of success, Ricky, and you have uh, Larry Thomas and Toby Thomas and your son Chase Patterson. Talk about – And my oldest boy, Ty. Ty. Ty played – he was he signed – he played with me down at Bishop and then uh, he signed with the Devil Rays. Okay. I, I, I was not – that slipped past me, Rick. That's okay. Talk, talk about that, if you would. Well, you know, it's it, it's been a lot of fun, and you know, and especially watching your kids and stuff go through, get the opportunity that that uh, that I did. I got an opportunity to go play, and and I didn't take the best advantage of it. And you know, I I look back at some of the things that that you know what. Of course, back then in the minor leagues, you know, you just had a manager, and you, you didn't even have a pitching coach. And you know, the pitching coach would be Rovers. And they'd come in what maybe once a month or whatever, but uh, you know, watching watching my boys play was you know, was, and my grandson, you know, was one of the most enjoyable things I ever did in in, in baseball. I, I've been very blessed, and I've got an, I had opportunities to go you know all over the world. You know, I've been to the Netherlands in baseball. I've been to South America, you know, three or four times. You know, coaching over there, and I've been to the Dominican Republic. And you know it's it's been it, baseball been very very good to me. <laughs> I know it has, Ricky. And you know you you come up with a with you you came up with with a strong mentality and a and a and a, and a winning type uh, attitude and a, a just a hustle and and give it your all on the field and and outdo the other guy and beat the opponent any way you could and and then you go and play for Eddie Stanky and then you come back and coach for him and bless old. Jim Crawford, Coach Jim Crawford's heart uh, and soul. God bless him. You know, we lost him a couple of years ago. He was the closest thing to Coach Stanky for many, many years. But there's nobody on on the earth right now in baseball that that was as close to him as as, as you were, uh, Ricky. And talk about what Eddie Stanky meant to you, because I know what he means to the city of Mobile. Anybody that if and I'll tell everybody out there, if you don't know who Eddie Stanky is, you younger listeners. Get the get get my book Mobile Baseball Connection and and check it out and or go to my Facebook page Mobile Baseball Connection and on Facebook and and look and periodically you're going to see clips and stuff about Eddie Stanky read about Eddie Stanky but let's listen to what Ricky Patterson has to say about Eddie Stanky. Well, Eddie and I were real close. You know, playing for Coach Stanky was it was very hard for me. Because you know, I, I I knew his reputation, uh, and and what he had he, he had done, his success that he had, and it seems like I was always trying to impress him, instead of just being just just going out and playing and be and be me, and I was always felt like that I wasn't I wasn't doing enough, that I had to do more, and that's what happens to a lot of players today. You know, it's like a guy that's struggling hit, and he's trying to get three hits and one at bat. You know, that's not going to happen. But uh, I never, I never questioned him. I never asked him about playing. 
And really, he was always you – know, once I started coaching for him, he, uh, he called me in one day when we were talking. And he says, why didn't you ever come in and talk to me about playing? I said, well, Coach, I respected your opinion. If you didn't think I was good enough, he said, I wanted you to come in and talk to me about playing. And I said, well, I wish I'd have known that. It's a little late now. I said, you know, I'm coaching with you. And, and I said, he said, well, what? I said, well, Coach, I said, you know, you always said that if you got a catcher and you're winning, then, you know, they're playing. I said, Coach, do you know how many games we lost when I started? And he goes, no. I said, one. And all the games that we played and I started, we lost one game. And he kind of leaned back in the chair, didn't say anything. And I said, that's one reason I didn't come in here and talk, and talk to you. Because, you know, that was part of our philosophy at South Alabama. So, you know, and I, I, I never questioned him about that. But he, and he was, he was a great, great baseball guy. He would go down in the bullpen, Jimmy, prior to the I – mean, I, 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 Wickfield, Jimmy. Hey, everybody, I'm impersonating Jimmy Wickfield tonight. And, uh, Jimmy, you're getting some good airtime on this one, buddy. <laughs> but Stanky would go down in the bullpen prior to the game. And he would sit down there, and he'd watch BP, and he always had his little cards, and and he would he would watch the game, and I never understood what he was really doing, but Stanky was mentally preparing for the game. He was saying, okay, what he was going to, he knew exactly what he was going to do in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. That was his plan. He already knew it, and and. That was one of the things that I noticed with him in his cards. He's keeping notes all the time. Well, that was one of the things I learned from him. And I would take my cards, and he gave me a bunch, and then I had some made, and I still got stacks of my cards in pro ball. You wouldn't believe some of the names that I've got on some of those cards that, you know, what they did that night. Uh, Molitor was one of them. Paul Molitor. And he was – and. I, I kept cards on him. Was it a monitor? What was the other guys? Uh, Robin Yacht? Yeah, yeah. I think Yacht was on that team too. Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, both yeah. of them was with the Brewers. And, and I, you know, I kept my notes on them. And then the back of it, you know, you, you keep notes of the game and, and what, uh, the, what went wrong, what went right. You had the pluses and the minuses. Then after the game, I'd have my meetings after the game and I'd go over the game with them. And and because I did not like to go the next day, I did not like to start the game with a negative. So I didn't want to replay that. That game's over with. There's nothing we're gonna do about it. I wanted to voice my opinion on how we played, who did good things, who did bad things, why you did certain things. That was all discussed that night. That way they could sleep on it. Because when they got to the park the next day, they didn't have to do that. And all that came from Stanky. That was not my idea. He taught me how to do that kind of stuff. I mean, he would he taught he wanted you to be smart enough to figure stuff out. A lot of times he wouldn't really tell you the things that he wanted you to do. He wanted you to figure it out for yourself because he knew if in, in coaching, if you figure it out for yourself, then you know you, you, you're, you're going to get better. You have to be smart enough to figure those things out, why you did this and why you did that. And, and that was one of the, the great things that I liked about Coach Stanky. Be, coaching with him was was a blessing to have that opportunity to spend with him. I mean, even when I was managing, I would call him up and ask him questions and stuff. And then before I'd ask him a question, you know, he would know. I said, I remember one day 
when I was in Utica, my first year managing, and I called him up, and he says, and I don't know if he was looking at the paper. You know, he read the paper from front to back, and not just a sports section. And he used to complain all the time about box scores. I think I saw something about you with box scores and how you – that's the way you kept up with games and stuff. And then the newspaper and Mobile quit putting the box scores in. He was angry about it. But it, Eddie would would uh, would do those type of things. You know, he, he, loved, he loved that part of it. And I'd call him up and he'd go, I, having trouble scoring runs, huh? And I went, how would you know that? What I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, what do I need to do? And he says, you got to take more and you got to bunt more. I'll never forget it. I said, okay. Well, we ended up, you know, we had a pretty good year that year. And I had, you know, I had some pretty good players, Derek Lee. And, of course, I, I had real good pitching. I think I had two or three guys pitching the big leagues on that team. And I had a little center fielder named Vinny Harris. And I, I asked Al Golis one day, I said, look, uh, you know, we was talking about Benny Harris, and he said, what are you? He said, you think he's a prospect and this and that? And he says, why are you calling? I said, well, I want to make him a leadoff hitter. And he goes, okay, what are you going to teach him? I said, I'm going to get him to talk to Coach Stanky. And he goes, do it. And I said, wait a minute before you say that now, because I make a deal with this guy that I'm going to play this guy every day. If I'm wanting him to do all this stuff that Stanky wants him to do, then you know i got to leave him in the lineup. He goes, do it. Well, long story short, that guy, you know, we led the league that year in stolen bases. Well, we set a record. I think we stole 179 bases in 76 games. You know, we broke all records in the New York Penn League. But I had two guys. Both of them had 50 stolen bases apiece. And we were – I was in a game, and the, and the coach comes over – well, the um, general manager comes into the dugout and said, hey, Al's on the phone. I goes, I'm right in the middle of a game. He goes, he's got to talk to you right now. I said, okay. So I gave my card to my assistant coach, and I ran to the trailer. The clubhouse was a trailer. So I ran to the trailer, and Al Goldis on there said, I got a question. You got to know right now. He said, we got a, a deal being made. We need, and we need three pitchers so we can trade two guys. There's three guys that they want, and we got to have two out of three. One was Mike Maxudian. One was Vinny Harris. And let's see who I don't I can't remember who the third guy was, and and I told him I said Maxudian was from South Alabama. Yeah, and well Mac Maxudian, right? You know I signed my, Mac when we went to um, Colorado at South Alabama. Of course I never got a chance to coach him. I was fired, but you know that wasn't the first time. You know? <laughs> 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 but anyway, I, I don't know if you really want to hear this story. But anyway that. Uh, you're going to hear it now since we done got this far. Uh, so what happened, I, 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 I told him, I said, well, I'd keep Maxudian because I knew Maxudian. And, you know, Vinny's just now coming. And he goes, oh, I know who the other one was, Rob Lukacek. He was another young kid. And I liked him and uh, you because know, I, I could see a lot of upside in him. And, and uh, I, did, I hated to lose it because, you know, we were big. We needed left-hand power guys. And I knew Maxudian was a left-hand power guy. And he goes, well, wait a minute. He goes, uh, I think it was Maxudian and and Lukacek. And then he goes, uh, well, we're going Maxudian. He's twenty one or twenty two. You know, Lukacek's seventeen. I said because I didn't have a problem trading the center fielder because we basically we're working with him, making him a center fielder, and he really had a heck of a year after that.
But we trade those two guys for two guys, two pitchers that pitched in the big leagues for us that year. So they we took two A-ball guys because Mac was in A-ball at the time. We took two A-ball guys and traded them for – they were in AAA at the time, but they pitched for us in the big leagues. But, you know, that's a, that's a lot of things that, you know, that – that happens in pro ball you don't really expect you know this just right out of the game and you got to go in and you got to make a decision and you got and you're on the phone hey you know which one do you want we got to make this deal right now yeah. <laughs> kind of like when you watch Moneyball when they're trying to make the deals oh, and yeah. stuff that's yeah. the way it went that's when the sabermetrics that's came in the, too. It, that's it was true yeah. that's yeah. what happens well you know uh it's it's Ricky I want to thank you for coming on tonight night and uh and it's, it's been okay, a pleasure. Jimmy. I got it's, it. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's these glasses I'm wearing. But uh, Wigfield did get some get some airtime, and uh, we've had a great time talking baseball. We got a lot more baseball to talk about. It's going to be a six month season. Covered a lot of stuff tonight. A lot of valuable information. Uh, you've been listening to Joey Warner and Ricky Patterson on the Batters Box on WNSP now, and you need to tune in next week or go to the WNSP Now uh, uh, website and, and find this podcast and, and the podcast from last week. We got two now, so so listen to us. We're, we're part of the uh, platform that WNSP has put out there. Uh, Nick Wiggins is my producer. He does an outstanding job. But I want to leave everybody with one quote, and uh, – this is for all programs on any level, any sport. And me and Ricky were talking the other day, and he said, get your piece of paper and write this down. And it's called tradition. When you lose tradition, when you lose your tradition, you lose your program. And if there's programs that are struggling out there, schools that are struggling, teams that are struggling, individuals that are struggling, remember that. When you lose your tradition, you lose your program. Again, this is Joey Warner and Ricky Patterson. Tune in again next week. Signing off. Go baseball.